Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Madeline Dahl. Madeline is a first-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024, and she's also the section rep for Section E. In this conversation, we talk with Madeline about her decision to pursue an MBA, what led her to Darden, how she decided to serve as a section rep for Section E, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Madeline Dahl. Madeline, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to see you. How is everything going? How are you doing? It's going well. We are just kicking off finals. So sad to be ending core um, and three quarters with you know my section, but excited to be, you know, finished up with finals, going on spring break, and then starting off kind of elective uh, electives at Darden. So it's an exciting time, but also bittersweet. Yeah, this is such a transitional moment in the Darden experience. It's interesting because it comes, you're not, you're not through with your first year yet, right? You got one more quarter, you're going to start taking electives. But I always feel like this is one of the really defined transitional moments uh, in, the, in the life of a Darden full-time MBA student. So what's it like to be at the end of core, uh, looking back on the past uh, three quarters? Yeah, I mean, they always told us it would be it would go by very, very quickly. And in the moment, it felt like it was going by extremely slowly because of just everything that was going on. But I think now having, you know, starting to end core and kind of reflecting back and being kind of sad about leaving your section, everyone's kind of talking about how quickly it really has gone by. And so I think a lot of people are just really excited to continue to to connect as a section and planning things, um, planning, you know, a wine day, a vineyard day, planning, you know, trips together during the summer. And so I think it's bittersweet, but also a lot of opportunity to continue to connect um, through the next quarter. And you still have some Darden Cup activities ahead of you, I believe. Yes. Yes, we still have racket sports. We have kickball. Um, we're still we're not done yet, and we're we're coming up on the last draw. So we're, Section E is in second place, and so we're excited uh, to give Section C a run for their money. <laughs> is it is it close? Is it close? I think point? it's pretty close. We just won the the talent show. Um, I think well, so Section E has won in the past two years. So there's a lot of of um, kind of pressure to, to win the, you know, the third year in a row. Um, but Section C has kind of dominated this entire year. And so we're slowly, Section A and Section E are slowly creeping up on, on C. And so we're excited to see how, how it ends. All right. The drama, the intrigue yeah. as you move here. I know. It makes it more fun when it's, when it's a close race, right? <laughs> totally. Totally. All right. Well, tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you and what's your background? Yeah. So, well, I'm Madeline, as as I said before. Uh, I grew up in the D.C. area, about 30 minutes outside of D.C., in a town called Reston, Virginia. And I actually went to UVA undergrad. So I am what we call a double who. And I am loving being back in Charlottesville. I always said, you know, I would love to either retire here or live here again uh, when I was an undergrad. And, and business school is really an ideal place to be uh, in Charlottesville. So loving being back. Um, when I was at UVA undergrad, I studied business. So I was uh, a commerce major studying marketing and IT. And after graduating, I joined Capital One back up in D.C., um, working as a product manager. So primarily in our technology space, 
kind of straddling the line between business and technology, working a lot on, you know, digital products for our customers, uh, working on cross-functional teams, solving really cool problems with technology. Um, stayed at Capital One for about three years before coming to Darden, and now here I am. All right. Well, how did you decide that you wanted to pursue an MBA? Yeah. Um, so I, I like to say that I, I wasn't really thinking about an MBA until a couple years after I graduated from undergrad, but my mom actually just sent me an old journal entry that she found back from when I was in elementary school that said, when I grow up, I want to get my MBA and be a CEO. So that was kind of interesting that that young Madeline um, really knew what she was doing <laughs> back then. Um, but, but no, in all seriousness, I you know, after graduating from UVA undergrad, I, I was studying business. I had a great job. Um, you know, I was making, a, I was being paid well. I was being promoted. I felt like I had a lot of momentum and I didn't, I started to think like, maybe I don't need an MBA. You know, I have the business degree already. I'm doing really well. People were telling me, you know, like people don't need an MBA in 2022 or 2023. Um, and so, and so it wasn't really until um, I started kind of getting a little bit you know, itching to solve problems in other industries. I knew that if I kind of stayed on my path, I would probably stay in financial services for my entire career. And just being kind of a curious person, I was like, well, what does this type of problem look like in in retail or in, in travel and in tourism? Like, what does this look like in other industries? And what does this look like with different regulations? And maybe with not as much technology, you know, not as um, folk, you know, what does it look like from an operational standpoint? And started getting this like kind of curiosity. And so that kind of prompted me to talk to a few of my mentors at Capital One and explore like, how can I get this exposure to, to different industries and to different things in my life when I don't really even know what I don't know? Um, and that's kind of really what started the conversation uh, about business school. and. Uh, learned a lot about, you know, the professional growth opportunities that were available, but also uh, the kind of the candid conversations were, it's also a really awesome opportunity for kind of a personal growth and being able to reflect and learn about, you know, your personal style and your priorities and and how you operate and just take a breather and, and reset. And so that was another like really key reason why um, I started down the path uh, towards MBA. And how did you get interested in Darden? Yeah, so my experience with Darden is a little bit more unique. I really only looked at Darden. Um, I mean, of course, I looked at other business schools, but I knew having studied, well, first of all, having been in Charlottesville, knew that Charlottesville was just a very special city and one that was that I called kind of a second home and one that I knew that I always wanted to go back to. I also knew that the Charlottesville experience would be a little bit different than an experience maybe in a different city like New York, Chicago, um, Boston, where, you know, everyone that is at that MBA program is going to be invested in that MBA program. They, they're they fully in that city, you know, not straddling two different friend groups. Um, they're fully invested in that experience. And that was kind of a big draw for me. But the other key thing was, um, you know, academically, I knew that I already, I had already taken a finance class undergrad, I'd already taken accounting, I'd already sat through the lectures and taken the notes and, and kind of learned the content. And so what really set Darden apart was this isn't just a lecture based class, this is the case method. And so I knew that I was going to be obviously learning the material, but also just 
learning so much more about different perspectives and different nuances with the material. And that was what really excites me because I, I really learn with the context and learn by doing and learning, you know, the big picture. And so I wanted to be involved in the conversation as opposed to just learning that content and, and taking a test. How do you explain the case method to maybe your friends or uh, folks uh, from your previous work life who like don't know a lot about this? They've heard something about it. How do you explain it to them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, so I think the big comparison would be the case method versus a lecture-based class. So a lot of us are familiar with a lecture-based method where you come to class and you learn the content in class. You take notes and then you have a quiz or you have some sort of evaluation that tests your knowledge of the content that you've learned in class. I think the key piece of the case method is you're expected to, you, you come to class having read a business scenario and thinking, having thought about a few key questions um, about that business scenario. And you try to kind of try to take a stab at how would I solve this problem before you even enter the classroom. And so you come, you end up coming to a classroom where a lot of people are very, they come with a lot of different perspectives, um, a lot of different approaches to solve the problem. And then you solve that problem together in class as, as a group, taking into account different perspectives. So for example, if it's a, a marketing case, maybe one group of people would decide to target, you know, high income individuals uh, because of X data in the case. Whereas another group of people might come to class have a, having a whole marketing plan for, you know, um, millennials uh, and, and college students. And so you see all of these different ways to solve the problem. And I think it really mimics the real world in that um, you're expected to, one, come into the discussion with a perspective and share that perspective. Um, and two, there's not really a right answer in the real world. Um, and, and learning to deal with that is, is just so indicative of the real world and and of the business world and it's it makes it a lot more interesting let's say you you mentioned you've you've been through a lot of business um, topic related lectures you've taken accounting finance as an undergrad what have you enjoyed learning through the case method has it been a nice transition now that you're here in a graduate business school setting yeah i think so and i think well i know so i i have loved the case method and I think what really sticks out to me about the difference between the undergrad um, business experience and the Darden business experience is um, in undergrad, you're, you're being trained to, you know, learn how to calculate NPV, learn how to, you know, calculate all these things, all these um, skills that are really essential for starting your career as an analyst, as kind of someone who is an executor in an organization. And then you move to Darden and it's been fun comparing the two because really, the key difference is instead of being the executor, you're now being trained to look at this data and understand it and analyze it and make a managerial decision, which is a completely different skill set than actually just building the model yourself and, um, you know, just calculating the thing. Um, and so it's been cool to compare finance undergrad where I'm focused on getting the right answer and getting the model right. Whereas finance, you know, in, in grad school is, yes, you, you want to learn how it works and learn how to get the model right. But you also want to say, okay, well, what does this mean for my business and how do I change my approach or how do I um, change the circumstances to make it better um, and, and make better decisions for my business? 
I appreciate that. Uh, we've been having some conversations uh, in, in some of the podcasts I've been recording around the case method. And so it's great to, great to hear your perspective on it. What's been the biggest adjustment to you coming to Darden, first year student? You're well into your first year now, but when you look back on those early, early quarters, um, what yeah. was the biggest adjustment? Yeah, I think the biggest adjustment for me was, you know, kind of accepting that I can't do everything. <laughs> you know, the first week they told us, there's, you're going to have to make trade-offs between school, recruiting, getting enough sleep, having a social life, participating in any leadership activities. Like you are going to make, have to make trade-offs. And being the type A personality that I am, I was like, well, no, I don't. <laughs> I can do everything. Like they don't know me. Of course I can do everything. Um, and, it, and it took a couple months into, into school for me to really like realize that that really was the case and I was going to have to make trade-offs. And because I found myself trying to do everything and not doing anything super well. And I felt, I felt like I was kind of in a rut in the first, um, you know, couple months. And it wasn't until I had like a really, really impactful conversation with a mentor of mine where he said, well, you don't need to make like an overarching trade-off. Like you don't need to say, I don't care about social life and I'm not going to do social life at Darden, like you can take it week by week and you can say, you know, this week I really want to get out and relieve stress and go on a bike ride and hang out with my friends and go to a party. Like you can do that. And then the next week you can say, you know, I have a lot of recruiting stuff going on. I'm probably not going to be as prepared for class as I want to. Um, and you can kind of just pivot in that way throughout the experience and I was kind of in the beginning of my experience thinking like, I don't want to make a trade-off because I want to do everything. And Darden is so amazing and in that there's so much to do and so many opportunities. Um, but I think I was kind of going at it the wrong way. Well, that's the very real part of the Darden experience uh, for students. That, that prioritization, what's most important in a given week, where do you want to channel your energy? You do hear from students, I mean, we've talked about it a bunch here on the podcast. You can't do everything all the time, right? You're just, just too much. Uh, it's school, it's going to ask a lot of you. You have the career piece. And, oh, well, by the way, there's the social piece too. And so getting comfortable with that much more fluid approach, I, I think that's a growth area for a lot of students. I think this is probably the first time maybe in their lives. Is it, this resonate with you? Is this probably the first time you've had to kind of make these kinds of choices? Yeah, I think so. And it's really preparing you for the real world because the reality is this is what business leaders face every single day. Um, and so it, it really, I think it is intentional by Darden um, to have some positive, overwhelming, you know, experiences. And you really, again, as I said, as in that personal growth element of Darden, you, you begin to say like, I can't function without you know, going on a run in the morning, or I can't function without going out to dinner with my friends on, you know, a night of the week. And so you learn like what really makes you tick and what relieves your stress. I think the other thing is that you learn there's also, you know, you can double dip in some ways. So you can be, you know, social with your section and do school and, you know, meet people recruiting and you can overlap in some areas. And so it helps you be a little bit more efficient kind of with your time. I, I really appreciate your your perspective on this 
Madeline, because I think this is a good thing for our prospective students to hear um, that this is part of the journey for every Darden student. You know, where you start is not where you end. Um, and everybody's kind of figuring this out uh, on their own schedule, on their own time. This is going to look very different from student to student, by the way, how you choose to approach this process. That can also be challenging, too, when you're new at something and you want to do the right thing and you're looking around to other people trying to figure it out. That, that can be hard, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the comparison aspect is, is real and learning how to just take yourself out of that comparison mindset and the FOMO, turning the FOMO, the fear of missing out into the joy of missing out is, is a skill too that a business leader or just a person needs to develop. Um, and so I have to say, I'm still working on that. Um, you know, especially during the recruiting process, you know, we're, it's a 350 person class, uh, my class. So it's a small class compared to a lot of other business schools, which means on the positive side, you develop very, very close and very valuable and true relationships. On the downside, you're spending a lot of time together in this core experience. And so kind of learning to, to say, we're all on our, the same, we're all on different paths. We're all in the same place. Just focus on yourself, um, use the people around you as a positive influence, but don't get drawn down by, you know, potential comparisons um, because we're really all in our own journey. That's really difficult and something that I'm still working on. Yeah, it's very, it's really, it's much easier to say on a podcast. It's a lot harder to do. I know, I know that, um, one of the things that's also interesting to me about Darden, you know, I think talk with our executive MBA students, part-time MBA students, I think it's true for full-time students too. The program really pushes you. Um, and it really, to your point, it makes you ask these kind of questions of yourself and your time that you haven't had to ask before. But that's where the growth comes, right? When you're sort of pushed what beyond your comfort zone, you're kind of in this area where you're having to make these tougher decisions. Um, that is where you're going to really grow. And I think one of the things that people realize, and I wonder if this was your experience is you can't do all the academic stuff on your own either like you it, people try and it just doesn't <laughs> work it doesn't yeah. work so um for you um how was how's that been you know moving from i'm guessing undergrad was probably a bit more you studying largely kind of working through the content by yourself and then obviously you come to darden it's a bit bit different so talk talk to us a little bit about what your experience has been kind of moving from that sort of much more individual to team sport mentality yeah. So at the beginning, I was definitely someone who wanted to read every single case and know the answer to every single question before I came into the room. And that worked for about a week. <laughs> and then, you know, other things started piling up. I, I took on a leadership responsibility. I started recruiting. I started making friends, you know, hanging out with them. And so the reality is you're not going to be able to do all of the academics. When you think about a week of school, so four days of school, you have two to three classes in a day and a case that you need to prepare for each class. That's as many as, you know, 12 cases per week. Each maybe, you know, you have to do an assignment for, build a model for, like you can't do it all. And so you learn to be able to read a summary from, from your learning team. You learn, you know, in the learning team to teach people effectively the content. So they don't need to spend two hours on a case. They can spend 20 to 30 minutes on a case. And so that you can start to be a little bit more efficient. Um, I think that has really saved me. Um, and in a learning team, you have people recruiting at different times. So you have 
maybe someone who's recruiting during the fall who needs someone to pick up their slack in the fall. And then when you're done recruiting, you can then pick up their slack in the spring. Um, and so it's really, it, it's a very flowing uh, journey on the learning team. And at some points, like you do, may, you might have to read all of the cases in a week. And that might be the week that you're prioritizing your schoolwork and you're prioritizing like getting all of that stuff lined up. Um, I think the learning team is really someone that I, a group that I've leaned on. I think another big thing is this is what's going to happen when you're a manager and, you know, you get asked to be briefed on a topic and you're not the one who did the work. You need to be able to go to your team, trust your team um, to have, you know, given you the right information, communicate with your team on what type of information you might need. So then you can make an informed, you know, update to the executive or the, the CEO of the organization. So again, it's, it's something that is very purposeful and something that's um, very useful in our future uh, as leaders. Yeah, there's a lot of intentionality to the instructional design at Darden. Uh, so the idea is that you prepare individually, you then work with your learning team, and you go to class, and then you reflect on class. That's the four steps. But your learning team, everybody comes from different sections. They're just going to spread out. You get the benefit of the different conversations that happen in the sections. Of course, you have also different skill sets on that team. Some people more quantitative uh, in background. Other people maybe a bit more qualitative. So you have touch points to help you get started. Um, there's there's so much um, value and sort of just the way the whole thing is put together and how you progress through this. And, you know, I think sometimes when people think about the academic experience, when we talk to them as prospective students, they're thinking about, I've got to learn accounting on my own. I've got to learn finance on my own. And the reality is you're not doing any of this mm -hmm. on your own. Yeah, exactly. And and it's not that you're in a learning team and there's a, there's a, an accountant in the learning team and they're going to do all the accounting work for you and they're going to teach you all of it. It's, it's, you know, it gives you the opportunity as someone who didn't study accounting to take on the case and then be able to come into your learning team meeting and say, did I think about this right? And can you help me um, on the things that I did wrong? It's not that they do the work for you. It's that you take a stab at it and then they're there to catch you when you might not be getting it fully. All right. So one of the things you added to your plate uh, this year is you are section rep for section E. Uh, so how did you decide that you wanted to serve as a section rep? Yeah. Well, yeah. First of all, go Eels. The Eels are our mascot. Um, <laughs> love section E. Uh, so as I said a little bit before, I knew that, you know, when I was going to come to Darden and get an MBA, like I didn't necessarily need the MBA. And a lot of it was for my personal growth and, you know, development. And so I said to myself, like, if you're going to do this, you're going to go all in and you're going to really, really embrace like everything that Darden has to offer. And so, um, you know, the first couple weeks of school, I was really enjoying getting to know my section, loved the group of people, had developed really strong relationships and just felt like really a family already in the section. Um, and, I wasn't really thinking about running for section rep at first. It wasn't until a couple people came up to me, pulled me aside and said, have you ever thought about, have you thought about running for, for section rep? I think you would be really good at it. You've connected with a lot of people in your section, in our section, and I think you should just go for it. And if that had been, you know, maybe a couple weeks prior, I might not have taken that leap. It was really because I felt so at home and so comfortable in the section. Like I knew I could just run for it. And, you know, obviously 
had reasons that I wanted to run for it, but wasn't necessarily scared of, of not getting that opportunity just because of the culture that we had already built in our section. I wasn't really afraid to, to fail. I knew that everyone wanted everyone else to succeed. And so I felt like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. I'll go out on this limb and I'll, I'll run for it. Um, you know, internally to the section, I knew that the community was already very, very strong, but it was a very diverse group of people from all different areas of the world, from all different backgrounds. And I knew like someone needed to kind of step in and, and just bring people together, help people connect. And that was really what I brought to the table. I really bring to the table the ability to connect with people and, and uh, connect to them. And so I knew that like that was really a need that our section had and, and one that I really wanted to kind of take on and one that I was really excited to take on. But that's kind of internal to the section. I think externally to just the broader Darden environment, um, the section rep opportunity is, is really cool because you have such a, a strong voice at Darden. You have access to, to faculty, to staff. Um, you get to kind of really give awesome feedback to the university and, and chart and, uh, you know, chart its path towards uh, future years, future leaders. And it's just a really cool, impactful position that I thought was just an awesome opportunity for me to take on. I didn't realize how much growth it would really give me personally. Um, I thought, you know, I can do this position, you know, I, I would be great at it. I'm really excited about it, but it really, it's a hard position when you don't have this element of positional power uh, as, as a leader in the school. You know, we're used to being in organizations where, you know, you have a manager and you have, uh, you know, a leader of an organization and you're broadly on the same page in terms of your priorities for the organization. But the section rep, um, role has been interesting because everyone comes to Darden from different places with different priorities, um, different ages, different levels of experience, and learning how to lead through motivation and influence is definitely a hard, hard skill and something that I didn't realize, you know, how much development I would need and, and I would get. And so I'm really thankful for that as well. I love that. So tell us about section E. Um, what would you want our listeners to know about you and your section mates? Yeah. So for, for the listeners who aren't super familiar with the section experience, there are five sections. We are section E. Um, we So every section has a different color. So section E is black and yellow. Um, we Our mascot is an eel. And <laughs> there are like a few quirky things about section E. One is um, our champagne fund. So in section E, we love champagne, given the the yellow the yellow gold vibe of section E. Um, so we have the champagne fund that we that we contribute to throughout the the uh, three quarters of core. Things like you know five dollars to the champagne fund if Brett dresses like the pro protagonist of the case, or five dollars to the champagne fund if you know Owen. Um, integrates a, a lyric from a Taylor Swift song into his comment in class. And things that are like very goofy, uh, we're, we're kind of building up this fund for the end of the year uh, for, with CORE and we'll throw like the champagne party and um, just really celebrate all the fun moments that we've had in class. Um, but in general, like our class, if I were to, or our section, if I were to describe it, we're a very, very sharp group of people that have very strong opinions and, you know, have a lot to say, but we're all also very like goofy, 
you know, low maintenance, like very low key in those things to say, we're always bringing people up with us. You know, there are a lot of people that are extremely, extremely smart and they're bringing in the people that don't have experience in that topic. And so we're a very collaborative section um, that just loves to have fun and just laugh at ourselves and, and each other at times too. Do you have a favorite section norm or two? Uh, obviously, the students and, and for our listeners, each section kind of has its own norms, how they engage with each other, celebrate uh, each other. Do you have uh, one or two you would want to share here? Yeah, I think my favorite section norm is is during the cold call. We erupt in an applause um, right after someone gets cold called. So for the listeners on, usually the class will start with, um, you know, an overall question like, what should we do? Very, very like broad and open-ended and a hard question to ask if you're just being called on, like, Brett, what should we do to start the class? And so we absolutely erupt in a round of applause for as long as we can to give people enough time to like look at their notes and get themselves together and, you know, mentally prepare to basically have to speak about this case for, for the next few minutes. Um, and so it's both encouragement, it gets people kind of excited and awake in kind of a morning class. And it also gives the person answering the cold call a little bit of breathing room um, to, to begin to answer the case. So I think that's one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite uh, norms. The other thing is we'll, we'll also, um, the other thing that I like is we'll call consultants in class. So if you're being cold called and you just don't, you don't know, you're, you're trying, you're just kind of stumbling a little bit, you can say, can I hire a consultant? <laughs> and then someone from the class will then raise their hand and be like, okay, I think let's, let's talk through this together. And so you can kind of phone a friend essentially, but it's kind of a business way to say, I need help. And you know that someone from your section is going to kind of lean in and help you. That's awesome. I didn't, I have not heard that yet um, in any of our section conversations. So uh, call a consultant. That's fantastic. Yeah, it helps when it helps when the cold call is just, you know, you're in one of those weeks where the cold call is just too much for you. You've been staying up late, you know, recruiting and you're just so you need help. <laughs> Your section is there to catch you. So any of any activities, any highlights from this uh, year so far from, from your section that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I'll talk about our most recent um, win for Darden Cup. We uh, recently won the Darden Cup talent show back in February, which was so, so, so exciting. Um, we went from last year getting in last place to this year taking first. So it was a very... Um, uh, very exciting win because we had a, a lot of work kind of ahead of us this year. Um, we spent a few weeks basically for, for Darden Cup Talent Show. All of the sections will kind of pull together all of their uh, people, whether it be musicians, dancers, um, comedians, uh, gymnasts, like really everything. They'll pull everyone together and um, create this 10 minute long talent montage. Um, and it was just really cool both to prepare for it. Like there were people who, you know, weren't super talented and who absolutely nailed the set and, you know, was, were painting things and building, um, you know, helping people backstage and organizing people. And then there were people who were amazing um, musicians. So we had a violinist. Um, we had, let's see, we had a guitar, a cello, drums, like 
so many cool instruments. Um, we spent weeks before preparing, uh, and it was a really op awesome opportunity to, to work towards something through, you know, with our section and really bond that way, but then also just see and celebrate that success. Um, it was really, really fun. So you went from last place last year to winning yes. the whole thing this year. <laughs> Yes. And to be fair, the second years from section E are extremely athletic. So last year, like we've been, we've been not as uh, successful in our athletics for the Darden cup, but, but we killed the talent show. <laughs> That's great. Well, um, it's fun to talk about Darden cup. I always wonder if our prospective students know enough about Darden cup. It's such a big part of the experience here. Do you want to share? I mean, do you, do you enjoy Darden cup? Have you, have you enjoyed this as part of your first year? Yeah, I love Darden cup. And I think it's such an, it reminds me of like Hogwarts, whatever that cup was from Hogwarts. Um, and people get very, very into it. Um, so basically Darden cup, it lasts all year long. Um, so from the first week of school to, I think, almost the last week of uh, school. And there are probably maybe an event once every one to two months. Um, so there are a lot of different events. I think there are like eight different events and they, they test a variety of different skills. Obviously you have athletics, so you have cricket, you have um, kickball, you have soccer, um, but then also you have kind of cool things like trivia, um, bowling, uh, the talent show. Um, I think last year there was video games. And so you're, you're really like bringing the sections one together and, and, giving that camaraderie, like you're dressing up in black and yellow and you're all coming out to the event and you're just supporting your teammates. But it's also um, really cool to be able to see all the awesome talent that you have within your section. Cause you know, of course you're in a classroom together, but I would have never known that like Mia who sits next to me is just this amazing musician. Um, and so it's really cool to be able to socialize outside and see all the cool backgrounds that people have and the talent that people have. Um, we have a professional cricket player on our, in our section. And uh, I think we have a, a professional tennis player as well. Um, and so it's, it's cool to see them coach people through, like, this is how you play cricket um, and <laughs> really bond in that way. Um, but yeah, each, each Darden cup, uh, you know, the sections are ranked. So someone will win and then we develop points that, you know, will continue to develop throughout the year. And um we have, I think, three more, two or three more, and Section E is in second place. So we're coming up on uh, potentially another win. Well, Madeline, what are you looking forward to uh, in the coming months? What's uh, You've got electives on the horizon, but I'm sure there are other things that you're excited about. Yeah, well, of course, I'm definitely looking forward to that champagne party that I mentioned. That'll be interesting. Um, I'm also really looking forward to, I'm going on a Darden World, Worldwide trip in Finland. So we're going to Finland and Estonia with Rob Carraway. So that'll be very, very fun. Um, there are about 30 of us going. Um, and so we're set to leave in mid-May. Um, there are a few people from my section there. So I'm really excited to be able to continue to you know travel with, with people from my section, but also really develop relationships with people outside of the section. Um, and I've heard that it's just such an awesome time I think I'll travel a little bit before um, before heading to to Finland, and then um, gear get home and gear up for my internship. How did you pick Finland, Estonia? 
Um, so I wanted to go to a place that I knew that I probably wouldn't go to on my own. So there was Germany, there was Barcelona. Um, and I knew like, yeah, probably eventually in my life, I will take a trip there, but Finland and Estonia just felt very like niche and somewhere that I probably wouldn't have like a family vacation, uh, as my first, you know, as my first choice. And so I wanted to kind of use this opportunity, um, to, take on, you know, a trip that I probably wouldn't go elsewhere. Um, I was also, you know, I'm also super excited for the trips for a second year. I know there's one to South Africa. I'm really excited about Australia. Um, so I really like, I'm using this opportunity for business school to do things that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. All right. Last question for you here, Madeline, uh, piece of advice, something you would encourage our prospective student listeners to keep in mind as they navigate their own MBA journeys. Yeah, I think the biggest piece of advice I, I would probably say as people are deciding, you know, the decision whether to go to business school or not, I was struggling a lot with this. And there are so many different mentors of mine that were saying, you know, conflicting things because it's, I mean, it's a very subjective thing whether to go to business school or not. And I think one thing is like, don't forget the personal aspect of it. Um, obviously, you know, an MBA can really help you kick off your career, help you pivot, but don't undermine the personal growth element of an MBA because I just feel like there are so many things that I've learned about myself um, that are absolutely, I would have never expected to learn. And I'm so, so grateful that I kind of made that leap. Um, and ultimately, people are going to say, get an MBA, don't get an MBA. It's just really what is right for you personally. And so don't take one person's advice too seriously and just do what's best for you. You're so right. You can get so many different opinions, so many conflicting, oh, you should definitely do this. No, you shouldn't do that. Like it, you have to, it's maybe this is a good, kind of comes back to something we talked about early, uh, earlier. Um, it gives you an opportunity to practice this, like really listening to yourself, what's important to you, keeping your yeah. focus on your motivations. Yeah. People told me you shouldn't go back to Charlottesville for an MBA. You already got a degree in Charlottesville at University of Virginia, and it was a business degree. And the experience that I've had has been obviously, I mean, similar in some ways, but so much different in so many other ways. And so at the end of the day, I'm just glad that I stuck with my gut and did what I knew was the right thing to do. Well, Madeline, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's such a pleasure talking with you and good luck to Section E as you navigate these last uh, few Darden Cup competitions. Thank you. It was great talking to you, Brett. And that was my interview with Madeline Dong, a first-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024 and the section rep for Section E. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.